Jesus proclaims a separation at the time of final glory. Those who act, who acted with kindness, generosity, and selflessness would be rewarded. Those who failed to act would be cast into eternal punishment. A reading adapted from Matthew chapter 25. When the human one comes in glory and with all the angels, then the judge will sit enthroned. All the nations will be gathered and the human one will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and will put the sheep at the right hand and the goats at the left. Then this judge will say to those at the right hand, come you who are blessed by our creator, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the judge will answer them, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it for me. Then the judge will say to those at the left hand, you, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and all the fallen angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they also will answer, when, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? And then the judge will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Decades ago, the mayor of Portland, Oregon, a man named Terry Shrunk, was being criticized for helping someone who was poor. He'd given money to a beggar on the side of the road, and another council member objected, saying, how do you know that he's not just going to spend that on booze? To which the mayor replied, how do you know that's not Jesus Christ? The widespread notion in Christianity that Christ could be present in anyone around us, especially those who are poor or sick or in need, comes from what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 25. He casts his imagination forward to a great judgment scene at the end of history. The virtue and vice of the sheep and the goats, respectively, is revealed in their treatment of people who are hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked, or sick or 
in prison. Like the great reveal at the end of every episode of the TV show, Undercover Boss. Those there before the judgment seat come to find out that what they did or didn't do in their lives has been experienced by the one in charge of it all. Just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Actions and inactions have the consequence of sorting people into sheep and goats, those who experience eternal life and those who face eternal hardship. To avoid that pain, the moral of the story might be, ask yourself in such situations, how do you know that's not Jesus Christ? And act accordingly. The sheep act with mutuality to the members of my family, Jesus says, while the goats presume estrangement and distance, forsaking the chance to take care of one another. While these are described in this vision as individual actions or inactions, the same applies to groups. Communities can also live with mutuality or perish due to separation. I've heard an echo of these possibilities this week in conversation around two words, kingdom and kingdom. Someone raised the point at our pastoral relations committee meeting on Tuesday that in the sanctuary and in worship, we still occasionally sing hymns talking about God as a king with a kingdom even though the metaphor doesn't really hold resonance for us in a modern democracy. In fact, what we know about kings and kingdoms throughout history, division into hierarchies, centralization of power, exploitation and domination over others, well, that isn't the kind of God we know through Christ at all. The metaphor is used often in the Bible and even by Jesus himself. But in our own experience, the still speaking God has shown us different ways, better ways, I believe, of understanding our relationships with one another and God's realm among us. This past Thursday night at the Lenten Soup Supper and Worship Service, Pastor Barb Martin at Union Congregational UCC gave a better option. I've heard this before from others, but I really appreciate how she put it. And she said I could quote her. Kin are really what life with God is all about. To illustrate the point, she also quoted Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who wrote that all humanity is tied together, all life is interrelated, and we are all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of identity. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. 
kingdom and kingdom. They sound very similar, but the differences in our behavior, according to each metaphor, can make or break a loving community. Likewise, sheep are not so different from goats, but what comes of their behavior in Jesus' story is what makes all the difference. Those who are called sheep on the right hand live as kin with one another, tending to the needs of each other and even there to God unawares trusting that in a community of mutuality, they will be cared for also in return. The goats, on the other hand, have acted according to the morality of a kingdom, allowing hierarchy, division, domination, and separation to suggest that the needs of the other don't concern them. In failing to act for the least of these, they cut themselves off from God's own self and the kin kingdom of mutuality, which would have been their salvation in times of their own need. This week, the sheep and the goats are in harmony with the distinction between kingdoms and the kingdom, both emphasizing the importance of mutual care. One more voice jumped into the conversation in my imagination this week as well. Writer Laura Ewan, in a column for Friday's Star Tribune newspaper against the idea of a solitary genius, Ewan suggests that the best kinds of creativity happen in community. She reminds us of Daniel Kwan's speeches at the recent Academy Awards, where he took pains to highlight his immigrant parents and the creative team with which he made the film, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Kwan said at one point, genius does not stem from individuals like us on stage, but rather genius emerges from the collective. We are all products of our context. The point, Laura Ewan summarizes, is that innovation may start with a solitary idea, but true creativity, the, the kind that is surprising and unpredictable, is more likely to emerge if more people are involved in the process, adding their own ideas to the pot. These threads have all been braiding themselves together this week as I've been thinking about this gospel passage and our life together as a church. I don't think Jesus' words about sheep and goats are only about feeding the hungry, visiting the imprisoned, housing the homeless, and caring for those in need, good as these activities certainly are. Such practices are the outward visible fruit of an underlying conviction that we belong to each other, that we are part of an in inescapable network of mutuality. The presence of such a kin kingdom saves the sheep, and the absence of such a kingdom condemns the goats. Today in worship, at the beginning, when we spoke to one another words of invitation and welcome, that was the beginning of what I believe is our calling and practice as a church, not only in worship, not only today, but throughout every day of the week and elsewhere in our lives, where we continue to practice our mutuality, our belonging to one another with a communal identity, 
caring for neighbor and stranger alike as part of God's family. How do you know they're not Jesus Christ? When we gather in church, this is a time to emphasize our group commitment, our bond with one another, and our mutual service to each other. As the body of Christ formed and reformed in our acts of shared worship, we move from individual peoples and even individual congregations into shared community far beyond. And we have a chance to experience ourselves and to participate with others in what it means to be the sheep among God's parable. We may be those whose needs are met or those who are called on to serve another. We'll probably be both, maybe even at the same time, receiving and giving in a community of mutuality. Through this interweaving of our lives into the great kingdom of God, we journey with Christ and we begin a life of salvation even here, even right now. Today, may God open our eyes to recognize our belonging to each other, the humility to receive care from another, and the compassionate strength to respond, bearing the burdens of each other, neighbor, and Christ. Thanks be to God for this call and for Christ's example. Amen.